Okay, and now the theme music is fading out dramatically, exactly how I have it set. I like doing that. I like having the music go live in the headset so I know when we're starting. Should we try our uh, barbershop quartet, but actually a trio hello? Yeah, we should. Um, I'll go first again. Okay. Am I, am I, who's on the high end? Am I last or are you last? Hmm. I don't think, I don't remember. I don't remember what we came to, uh... Uh, I'll, 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 I'll up Clay, and then you up me. How about that? Sounds good. Go. All right. One, two, three. Hello. 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 All right. That was that better was, than last yeah, better say that went a lot better than, than, than the first <laughs> right. time. We got room for improvement, but that was better than... It, than Welcome back to the Ticket Studs. Uh, he's Noah. I am. Um, no, we're introducing yeah, each other. Yeah. Yeah, he's Clay. And that's Trey. Oh, right. We did that actually kind of well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm pointing. We're doing a lot of things we very that, well. Uh, yeah, oh, no, <laughs> just right off the cuff. I'm very proud. Oh, you know what? We're not doing well. What's this that? is an easy fix. And I think we're doing it well now. Cool. You guys say something? I'm saying something right now. Hey, I say something all the okay, time. Okay, yeah. I just realized I was only recording on, uh, on, on one microphone, but it's good. We're recording on all the microphones. Now, okay, so. cool, 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 cool. And cool, barely cool. even an interruption, so... Awesome, yeah, awesome. Beautiful. Oh my god, no, a red <laughs> alert. You just you just have a special report. I Give know. us the scoop, Mike. I know. I, oh, yeah. I love my scoops the way I hate my scooped ice cream. I thought Hot. you were yelling at me for the microphone thing. We're, we're, we're getting into it now. <laughs> Yeah, I do have a hot scoop. I uh, I just went to the the Dune IMAX fan event uh, thing. Basically, the on the other day on the Dune movie Instagram account, they said we're doing a thing, limited tickets. Here's where you get them. Do your thing. I saw that post eight minutes after it went up. Nice. Only doing it in a few cities at different times there, but Atlanta was on the list for the Regal Atlantic Station. Um, and the tickets were free. It was just like limited number right. or whatever. Right, so right. I, I managed to jump on the passes and uh, managed to get there early enough to actually get in. And so I sat down and did the whole thing. Um, so I will now talk about that for a second. Uh, I'm already very excited for Dune, so I mean, there's kind of an. an Can you please do the annoying like internet guy thing and just dryly describe it in very boring. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and and yeah, or, or just like fully just like uh, shill out over it and be like, oh my god, ten out of ten, best movie I've ever seen, and I haven't even seen it yet. Like, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say from the first ten minutes. It's a tip. <laughs> <laughs> Easily the best thing ever filmed. Um, yeah, so we got in, and they, to briefly summarize, the whole thing was 35 minutes. You get in, sit down, screen comes on, IMAX ad, whatever, and it's just like cast member sitting in, in a spot, whatever, giving an uh -huh. interview, and they're just like, this movie is the movies of movies. And then it's like, boom, like cut to like some footage from the movie. Then another actor talk, playing a different character. Yeah, this movie is the movie of movies. And then, boom, and it just keeps jumping around for... They do that to get the, you know, the audience stirred up. And but it's like, fuck, like, <laughs> I, I went out of my way to get here. Like, I'm already yeah, but to say, yeah, You don't to sell me on it. I don't need the <laughs> cast and crew and people who are making millions of dollars 
spoilers for being in this movie to tell me how good it is and why I should see it. I'm already here. I'm at the end. Am I supposed to go out and like spread the word that it's the booviest of movies? Yes, that is exactly what they want. They 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 do these things because they want people like me to come back and and chill for it on our on our podcasts and stuff. I'm I'm here to give an here we are (laughs) exactly, and here we are. I'm here to give an objective report. (laughs) I'm giving an objective report on how it went. So that that happens, and anyway, it was cool. Bunch of new footage stuff that wasn't shown in trailers and whatever so far and i'm sitting there like ooing and awing at little clips and hot actors and whatnot um and then screen goes black and then it comes back up and it's timothy chalamet and he's like hey guys it's me i'm timmy tim and i'm in dune and uh, it's my, I'm, the dune. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the dune dude and uh i am here to give you he's like it's my honor to show you the first 10 minutes of the movie uninterrupted so they just start the movie and you see all 10 of those first 10 minutes and 10 minutes they were quite good i mean I'm already a big Dune fan. I'm already excited. I'm already at the event. I'm not. I don't think the ten, first ten minutes are going to turn me off to the movie. Well, but you know, the first nine minutes were pretty good. The, the tenth minute, honestly, though, I don't know. the tenth minute, <laughs> kind of lost the thread. <laughs> yeah. It, was, yeah, it was really solid. Uh, I am. I there are lots of. I mean, from the trailers and stuff that in marketing that we've already seen, stuff uh-huh. looks pretty cool, and I'm happy with the the choices. I feel like I'm seeing things from the book the way that I want to see them, but especially in the first ten minutes, there were a bunch of uh, things and visual references to the novel series as a whole and stuff, um, and you get to see, like, they finally show you, like, spaceships and, like, things in space, and, like, you know, you, you see more than what we've seen so far, and I was, I'm very into the art direction and I will say, I think this, I'll get back to it in a minute because it gets talked about more, but this Hans Zimmer score is maybe like, could be the Hans Zimmer score for me anyway. <laughs> I, I really like the way it sounds. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty it's good. The, it's the Zimmeriest of Zimmers. It's the, yeah, this, this Hans Zimmer score is quite the, the, the Zim. Um, yeah, so 10 minutes of movie, that ends, and then uh, comes back to Timothy Chalamet, and he was like, all right, you saw the first 10 minutes of Dune, and now I'm going to hand it over to my good friend Denis Villeneuve. And then it cuts to Denis Villeneuve sitting in a totally separate location, and he's like, thanks, Timothy. Uh, and but I knew that we were going to see the first 10 minutes. The surprise to me was that it cuts to Denis, and he's like, now I'm going to show you one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Uh, and plot-wise, in context of at least of the novel, Dune, and even the Lynch film, the, the scene that they then show us is much, much later on. Um, I don't know where it will place uh, right in the movie, but anyway, and so that scene, honestly, was close to, if not another 10 minutes of the movie. So all in all, about 20 minutes of the film in direct chunks, um, which was... Super cool. Uh, okay. they, they, you know, the first ten minutes weren't crazy action-packed or anything, so I feel like they needed something a little more exciting to show the audience. So they picked a, a bigger moment, but um, yeah, I mean, all that was cool. And then after that, uh, they did a brief featurette of Denis and Hans Zimmer talking about the score. Hans Zimmer talked mad shit about Star Wars and was yeah. like. And gave gave some quote about, or gave some little talk about how uh, all these sci-fi movies set in galaxies far, far away. They they use this um, all these like interesting like foreign uh, intergalactic cultures, and all the music that we hear in those movies are just like brass instruments and strings and things that we have here on Earth. So he was like, I wanted to create a very like unusual score. 
And he claims, I mean, there's not a whole, it's not a documentary, so I don't see a whole lot of backing evidence, but he claims that he and the whoever was involved in the sound design invented several instruments specifically for the filming of this movie and then showed some cuts of just some bizarre sounds that I'm really into. Um, so talk about the music for a little bit, and then they closed the whole thing out by showing the trailer that comes out tomorrow. And the trailer was good. And after that, that was 35 minutes, and we all left, and they gave me a poster, and a bunch of dudes in suits standing along the wall uh, pestered everybody leaving the auditorium for their reaction and their opinion. They're like taking, the lights come up, and they're just like taking pictures of everybody standing up, and I'm making my beeline towards the door, and guys are like, sir, 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 what did you think? What did you think? (laughs) Thumbs up, awkward. I want to go to my car now. I don't live near here. So yeah. Uh, in eight minutes and 51 seconds, I have described the, uh, 35 minute Dune fan event that I attended. I'm excited for Dune. I love Dune. It's my, is, my favorite novel. No, this is the uh, first I've heard of any Dune fandom. Mm, on your <laughs> exactly. Is, uh, Roger Deakins doing the cinematography to this one? Ooh, I don't know. I don't think so. Ooh, that's I heartbreaking. Th- I thought, uh. I thought Deakins was out for Dune for some, yeah, Deakins is out. Um, I forgot who, what the person's name is, but whoever did it is the same person who did, um, I think Rogue One was their other, like, big, uh, project, which I think is one of the better looking, actually probably the best looking of the more recent Star Wars. I think Rogue One, I'm not a fan of Rogue One, I think it's a piece of shit, but, like, it is a well-shot movie, though. Yeah. And I have faith in them because everything that I've seen, both from trailers and the stuff I saw tonight, has just been, like... It's it looks gorgeous. It's gonna be great. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's our pre-episode Dune hype. I got to do a thing. They said it was exclusive. Doesn't feel very exclusive when the tickets are free and you just gotta show up on time. But I appreciate that it happened and that I was able to make it work and be there. So. Okay. Yeah. So they did Rogue One, Zero Dark Thirty, Vice, Mandalorian. See, I don't like the Star Wars connection because it's like, yeah. know, I don't like yeah. risking that the movie could look like Star Wars uh, yeah. visually. I mean, I'm... effects-wise and production design-wise, obviously not. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I gotcha. So, but... It's like when you when you initially found out that J.J. Abrams is doing Force Awakens and it's like, but he, he already did Star Trek mm-hmm. and he did it so that it felt more like Star Wars. So it's, like right. it's not really exciting, but I feel like I know exactly what to expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so everything that I saw, yeah, it, it looked... It looked good. Some of those costumes, I'm just like, whew, couldn't, think, have, couldn't uh, have asked for better. Think Timothy's gonna hang dong in the movie? Don't think so. Mm. Would love it if he did. <laughs> right? <laughs> would love it if he did. The kids would love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so for the children. So for the family. <laughs> yeah. A little something everybody can enjoy. <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about other than my my Dune experience tonight. What uh, what else do we got on uh, the let's docket? Let's see. The big releases we've seen are, of course, Black Widow and oh, yeah. Space Jam A New Legacy. We also watched, as far as new movies go, uh, as far as 2021, Luca and uh, In the Heights. All right. It hasn't been that long. Well, you we've know watched, what? Like, I've watched like 22 movies since we watched <laughs> the uh, podcast. Yeah, you guys, I've seen your letterboxed accounts. You guys have been on fire. Um, oh, I also watched oh, the Fear Street trilogy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Let's, uh, let's start with 
Black Widow. Maybe move over and talk Fear Street, because I've seen at least the first one of those, and then you guys can talk about your new releases. I got a couple new releases under the belt, and uh, we'll go from there. You haven't seen Space Jam? I have not seen Space Jam, nor will I ever, but I'm excited <laughs> to hear you guys talk about it. What'd you think of Black Widow? Uh, I, the thing is, I thought it was a pretty average movie, mm. but that is to say, it was actually better than I expected. Yeah. Well, My expectations were just pretty... It was pretty low tonight. It's not that I expected the movie to be bad. No, but. certainly not. But it's just Black Widow's dead. Like, you know, it's like, it's it feels a, kind of like a, uh, the movie feels more like a mea culpa than, you know, yeah, a genuine, the, like, wholehearted effort in the sense that, like, I mean, yeah, it's like, it, it just, you know going in that the movie's not all that consequential. Right. But, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I agree with Clay. It was better than I expected in a lot of, gr in some regards, but in other regards, I was a little disappointed, but mm -hmm. mostly because, like, when I see an MCU movie and it doesn't, you know, blow my mind, that's fine. But in a way, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, they learn their mistakes with one movie going into the next movie and not make those same right. mistakes. Kind of sucks when this is like this character's last movie. So, mm -hmm. like, any lessons that could be learned, I can't see implemented in any sequel that, that I... There's not going to be a better Black Widow movie with Scarlett Johansson. No, there's not. I mean, they're <laughs> probably not going... Not but she kind of gets overshadowed in her own movie. Yeah, Florence Pugh steals the show, honestly. Oh, 100%. Like, she was the best part of the movie. Which, uh, from, you know, the franchise point of view, that makes sense, and she's going to sure. be the Black Widow. And she'll probably own, be but... the main character in the inevitable Black Widow sequel, but... Uh, sure. I, uh, I don't know. I feel like ScarJo deserved better than what she got, and, uh... You know, I enjoyed the characters introduced in the film. I liked David Harbour's Red Guardian. I thought he was pretty fun. I could have used maybe more character development for him. I felt he was oh, left yeah. relatively underdeveloped. Uh, Even more so with Rachel Weisz. Oh, yeah. Her character was virtually <laughs> like... like she, Wait, Rachel Weisz is in that movie? Right? Yeah, I know, right? Weiss and she's such a... Yeah, Weisz herself did fine, but it's just like... The, there was just not nothing really to work with in that character. And it just... It's kind of always heartbreaking when such a great actor is wasted in one of these such movies. A, because like yeah. This, yeah, it's like all the roles that uh, you could have given to such a fine actor, and uh, you, give, you give her nothing to work with here. Uh, let's see, I also, let's see, I enjoyed Ray Winstone's villain, not because I thought the villain was well-written. No. Nah, he was about as boring as, like, Robert Redford's villain from uh, Captain and the Winter Soldier. But Ray Winstone looks like... Uh, what did I say? <laughs> it's Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh my god, sorry. I am very high. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, Robert Redford's villain. Uh, what's it? Pierce? Uh, I always forget that he was even in that movie. I know, right? <laughs> but like, I feel like Ray Winstone, though, his fucking like, hamish Russian uh, accent is so fun. Like He looks like he's having such a fun time playing this fucking character that I yeah. really do not give a shit how poorly developed and how like two-dimensional he is. I, 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 I typically, I don't know, Ray Winstone's a fine actor, I've always enjoyed watching him, but I had a lot of fun watching him, like, just monologuing in, yeah. like, the uh, climax of the movie. I also really enjoyed Taskmaster, like, you know, I... I like Taskmaster, what little Taskmaster was in it. But. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, Taskmaster's never really, like, I've seen people have mixed reactions to how Taskmaster was done in the movie. But uh, as a comic book fan, Taskmaster's not exactly like a villain you're going to get like mileage out of in terms of like character development. So right. like, we're doing like a silent antagonist type. I actually found it 
to be a very interesting approach and found the character to be very intimidating every time it was on the screen. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the story goes, uh, it was okay. It was mostly just action sequences uh, for the most part. Yeah. Sympathy like, to my condolences to uh, ScarJo stunt doubles because they just get thrown into so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like um, the movie just. You know, the action scenes are entertaining enough, but, like, I feel like they just interject it in there way too much just for the sake of, like, kind of artificially keeping things interesting and tense, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, feel like it did the Aquaman thing where, like, a lot of action scenes just to kind of appear out of, like, just some sudden explosion and mm -hmm. conversation. And it's like, okay, I guess we're doing this again. And, you know... I mean, I know you don't really give a shit because you're neither an MCU fan nor cared about the Disney Plus shows, but yeah. I really like the very slow character approach the Disney Plus shows have taken with mm -hmm. the characters, and I was kind of an extent hoping for more quieter character moments with Natasha maybe developing her, you know, trauma she experienced as being a uh, yeah. Manchurian candidate child, like, uh, uh, not to mention just uh, the... The fact that, you know, I, I really enjoyed the scene where she's looking over a photo album because it's kind of both fucking sad and, you know, really says a lot about what little she actually has to grasp onto. I would have liked mm -hmm. a little more diving deep into that, uh, but I don't know. It just feels like it was just sandwiched between so much explosions and dumb <laughs> action sequences that any sort of, like... Theme. What scene that really cracks me up? I'm sorry to interrupt. No, 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 go on, go on. When the uh, giant, like, Sky Fortress is falling and, like, Black Widow's, you know, making her descent and, like, there's just those guards who are still trying to kill her. Yeah, like, and they're firing like, and they're you're, falling. You're falling to your death. Why do you still care? <laughs> Why? That's, like, so many times in action. I see it in action time. They even do it in, like, a I more... I love my job. They even do it in a more recent episode of Loki, where it's like, they're on a fucking dying planet, but they're trying to get to a ship, but for whatever reason, security guards are trying to prevent them from getting like on their ship. left behind, too. Yeah, yeah like, why do you fucking care? care? I would be getting drunk at this point. <laughs> That's awesome. Um... Yeah, I don't think it's a bad movie, necessarily. I just really didn't like it. I, I, I just found myself checking my watch, not enjoying myself. Um, like, it was, like, it's fine. Like, it's serviceable. It's not the worst thing in the MCU. It's not the best thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have, like, no, a... It was far more competent than Wonder Woman, so... I have, I have no, I have no, no grudge there. It's just, uh... I, I think a specific thing that you get, same, similar thing you guys are complaining about. I, with the exception of them getting on the plane and getting it working and taking off at the start of the movie, I pretty much despised every action sequence. Some of the Taskmaster stuff was cool, but in a in a day and age when we have, like, I don't know, when we get nice things like the fight sequences and Birds of Prey, why are we still doing, like, right? the shittiest, the like, quick cut, yeah. shaky cam, close-up? Like, I, like I hated every moment. when the, the whole prison break sequence is almost unwatchable. Nothing happens. It's just, like, it's just, whoa! Not only that, but also, in this age of, like... I can't do it. In this age of, like, uh, fucking deep fakes, it's like, can we just really not do, like you know, shoot this shit with actual professionals right. and just, like, put their faces on yeah. the faces like, on I feel like, like at this point, like, the bad-looking MC... Shut the fuck up, I'm talking. Uh, <laughs> the bad-looking MCU fight scenes has become such a huge point of contention. Like, why hasn't anything been done? Like, I kind of thought 
That one Sharon Carter fight scene in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was an episode written by a jo- the John Wick creator, yeah, like uh, which you know felt was appropriate because some of the action sequences felt a little John Wick esque in setup. Like that whole fight scene with her was very well shot, I thought. But then every other fight scene after that was shot poorly, and I just got a little bit of teensy hope that maybe some maturation was happening before my eyes, that maybe this was a small step in the right direction. It's like, oh, good, next episode I can't make anything out. All right, we're good. We're back to the status quo. <laughs> it is like such a weird like irony that... Uh... The DC Warner Brothers movies like uh, tend to have like actually really decent action sequences. Mm-hmm. They just can't tell a competent story <laughs> sure or like can. develop their characters or really do anything else well. But boy, do they do fight scenes well! Oh yeah, like they do good fight choreography, and the movie looks pretty while the fights are happening. Right, like, <laughs> but... I mean, yeah, Birds of Prey. The only good parts of that movie are just the action scenes, mm-hmm. and then like even with Aquaman, they, it's like even though the fights are CGI, they still do a really Fucking cool job, uh, you know. Yeah. They have to staging it all, shooting it. They have fun with it. Like, I don't get it. I gotta say, if Shang-Chi doesn't, like, actually shoot their fight (laughs) scenes well, that movie would be a fundamental failure just right there. That's a martial arts film. Yeah. After watching some of these uh, old Jackie Chan movies, it's like, Mm -hmm. holy shit, that, like, actual, like, martial arts films are so goddamn impressive. They're just long cuts of just non... There's uninterrupted cuts of fighting. So Shang-Chi is going to have to resist the MCU urge to do a split-second cut in between, like, moves. If the the fighting in Shang-Chi is not, like, exemplary, then I am going to like I, I, I won't I won't care that much I guess I'll just be like oh that one sucked but that that it's a, that's like a death blow for me maybe with the MCU it's like I better be impressed by some of this fucking kung fu or and like, stuff but also I, I, that's my bad I set us off on this path it's Shang Chi my that's my bad oh yeah Shang Chi but uh, I yeah no the fight the, the if the fights in your fucking kung fu movie aren't well shot then like yeah. it's 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 bad just right there mm-hmm. So. Also, that is really cute. I know. I fucking love this guy. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm vaguely looking forward to that to that one though. I've seen you know I like the I've only seen the the first trailer. I know the whole Wong abomination fight thing whatever in the second trailer, but well, no, I haven't I, seen it yet. But I uh, I'm looking forward to Hawkeye. So if I'm looking forward to Hawkeye, obviously <laughs> I'm looking forward to Shang Chi. I d I'm I don't know I don't know if I can watch Hawkeye. I mean I I, I like Haley Steinfeld enough, but I dislike Jeremy Renner enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's, the that's fucking... what I was telling Trey the other day. It's like there was that whole story about Jeremy Renner, like from his uh, ex wife yeah. like yeah. being like so putting a gun to his head in front yeah. of like her and your daughters their daughters like Yeah, I think that man is like a legitimately like unhinged weirdo and we just like haven't quite gotten like the we're we're waiting for the for the story to drop at this point. I feel like I feel like this is gonna. I feel like this is Disney's way. The Hawkeye series is a way of like, hey, here's your thing, but we're also using it as a means to get you mm-hmm. out of here before you know we just open. We cap off that. Uh, I think that's a, a good decision. Honestly, if we're exchanging Jeremy Renner for Haley Steinfeld, we're winning. That's a, win. a, that's, yep. a that's a that's a huge dub. Yep. So uh, I'm. I'm good with that. God, I got... He, I mean, you look uh, at Jeremy Renner, and he kind of looks like he'd be a piece of shit. <laughs> you know? I... After the, uh, especially after the whole, like, Marilyn Manson thing, mm-hmm. like, the relations of, like, him and the sexual assault shit, it's like, you know, fuck, maybe we should judge books by their covers <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> kind of James, James Franco, Franco also. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. Wow, this, like, 
greasy, sleazy-looking dude turns out to mm-hmm. be a total fucking greasy, <laughs> sleazy dude. I rolled my eyes so hard that I think they made a noise in the theater when fucking... And spoilers, Black Widow, whatever, we're talking about it. We haven't really said anything yet, but in the post-credits when Julia Louis-Dreyfus hands Florence Pugh the phone and it's just that, like, like candid shot of Jeremy Renner, like... <laughs> and I'm like, oh my Which fucking like, God. Also, just I like don't trying want to it. pin Natasha's death on him. Like, that's not fair. Say, also, does not make very much sense to me. Seems no. like this is a situation that could be resolved with minimal communication. It's a real Batman versus Superman. We just need to communicate that's, a little bit and I it's going to be fine. That's one of the things that pisses me off the most in movies and TV is when, like, you have an issue that could easily just be resolved by just dialogue. Like, it's like it's one line. piece of information yeah. not shared between the two characters yeah. that could but mend the entire... Pride or stubbornness or yeah. idiocy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So anyway, uh, I'm sticking with it. I've I've only seen the first episode of Loki, but I'll I'll uh, I intend to to watch that at some point. It gets uh, and it, it's a slow start. Like I wasn't very con. I enjoyed the first episode. All right, the second episode, like I wasn't very convinced on the show, but I think by the third episode, it gets really good, and then after that, like it just gets greater and greater. Yeah, but episode. I've heard a lot of people say really nice things. But so. like the fifth I, episode, especially, like was fantastic. But I want to especially. But I want to throw this out here that I don't feel like all three of us aren't really great critics for the MCU because Clay and I really love it. Mm-hmm. And we're obviously very biased and yeah. <laughs> tend to lean very favorably towards it, where you don't. So yeah. I feel like none of us are really qualified to appropriately <laughs> talk any of these movies. I actually, I'll, I'll disagree and say that I think we're perfect because there's a, a, I don't have a hatred for it, so I guess I can't balance out like a unabashed love. But I feel, I feel like we we ground each other. It's good. You see, I'm afraid I'm too easy on that because <laughs> I let my love of the comics and everything and just seeing this stuff, bro. Because I tend to look past some of the, uh, I, I won't deny it. I tend to look past some of their shortcomings uh, more so than I do other movies. I think the MCU is fantastic, like, as a whole. Like, I think it's a net good. My my biggest, and not only, but my easily my biggest complaint is just sheer quantity. For somebody who's not, like, in love with it, just thinks, like, oh, this is good, and I like seeing these once in a while. It's like, my, I have to see four movies a year and three shows. Like, I that's so much see, to me, ask. We're, again, we're, as com- long-time comic book fans, I guess we're coming at it from the angle of, like, you receive monthly series for, like... yeah. Yeah. 20 different characters and groups mm-hmm. you know, my, biggest, around. my biggest complaint is while I love the MCU its effect on Hollywood has not been for the better like, <laughs> I, 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 I tend to agree with that like, I don't God, know, Space I, Jam is a shining example oh yeah Space Jam I think is a good example of the worst possible lessons like drawn from the uh, MCU phenomenon yeah. in fact this might be a great segue to about to say Jam. let's just move on yeah. to Space Jam like, see, 2 tell me all about it holy shit Obviously. that might be the worst movie I've seen this year yeah, I, I, you might disagree, but that is the worst movie. I've, I've not seen heard a single person say a single kind thing about that movie. So really, far, because so. I'm hearing an obnoxious amount of good buzz from like people on the internet that I'm just thinking like maybe I am just either too cynical or no, I think it's just the uh, oops. Most people on the internet don't actually watch good movies. So, maybe uh, fair enough. 
I heard Al G rhythm and said, nope. Oh, yeah, like... <laughs> You're not sitting he, me down for that one. One of the things that's able to... that I'm, One of the ways I'm able to sort of reconcile my respect, continued respect for Dodge Neal <laughs> is the fact that I don't think there's a single scene with him in it where he probably wasn't on a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, this guy didn't even have to, like, fucking leave the studio for this shit. He so, probably uh, did it all in a day. Right. <laughs> Al G rhythm. Yeah, I heard I that. I think it's also, like, a... Uh, they're trying to pass the buck at Warner Brothers by saying, like, oh, all of our s- terrible, stupid ideas, it's because of an algorithm does everything for us. Mm. Now, I want to preface my complaints with the film, because I might sound like I'm coming at it very bitter, because I was expecting something out of this, and I absolutely was not going into this. It was as bad this. as I expected the movie to be. Yeah, if not, maybe worse. But I guess the reason I'm bitter is because I watched the whole fucking movie at the request of our roommate, and otherwise, I would have turned it off like we did Tom and Jerry. See, mm. I think Tom and Jerry, for that reason, is the worst movie you see, because I wasn't I would... able to actually stomach it. Fair enough, but like we probably wouldn't have, we probably would have left Space Jam just as early if James hadn't forced us to uh, watch the entirety of that movie. Because there were a couple occasions where I don't give a shit. Like I, I'm would be, I'm ready to tap out. Yeah. How do you guys feel know. about the? Uh... Lola bunny titties. Oh, wow. I, you know what's funny is, like, it's one of those things that it really play. It's one of those things where it's just like, wow, I guess I never realized how sexualized the character was because I didn't. No, I, it's, it's occurred to me for a while how overly sexualized the Lola bunny was. Well, I don't Space think Jam. about Space Jam that much, but it's just when I started reading articles, like, oh, yeah, no, she actually was sexualized. Was, some that YouTubers up. that I watched just talking about various things, but they, they covered, um, in preparation for two, they covered the original Space Jam and just some of the clips and stuff they were showing. I saw clips of, I haven't seen Space Jam, the original, since I was like, four or five like it has been a long time and i have no interest in revisiting but seeing those clips i was like holy shit yeah the lola bunny is like supposed to be like <laughs> they're they're they know what they're doing there yeah. they're, do, they're doing a thing so I, I i don't really have a, a strong opinion i just think it's, it's funny that people are so mad about that on the yeah. internet like yeah maybe don't make her a, a sex rabbit in your movie for kids That's you like can a, that movie, or do that dreamworks animated movie the road to el dorado have yeah. you seen that one? I watched it a bunch when I was a kid, yeah. and then, and f- funny story, slight segue, uh, not segue, but detour, I, I played that for some of my younger siblings three or four years ago, remembering how much I liked it as a kid, uh-huh. and it came on, and we were watching it for a few minutes, and I was just like, god damn, and then my parents got home, and they're like, what are you guys watching, and I was like... I mean, you let me watch this when I was a kid. This isn't on me. Like, <laughs> right? It's, it's just kind of weird, like, uh, the, the Rosie Perez character, because it's just like, it is, it's weird that in this animated movie for families, like, they clearly want you to fuck this character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, same thing. But it's weirder for Space Jam, because it's a rabbit. Like... <laughs> I grew up with Sonic like, the Hedgehog. No wonder, it's like, fine. No the wonder, furry damage is done. Right? Like, no wonder... Uh, so many furries came out of our generation. <laughs> okay, completely, completely off topic. But did you hear about the, uh, what was it, uh, 
the social media site that a ex-Trump uh, campaign uh, guy created. I forget what it's called, but in the first I week heard about the launch, it was supposed to be like a cons- more of a you know yeah, conservative yeah. friendly social media site. But in the first week, it was inundated with salt at the hedgehog board. <laughs> like literally the first fucking week, it is just overloaded yeah, with yeah, salt yeah. at the hedgehog board. That is uh, a bunch of brave souls doing the Lord's work, and I am I am proud of them. All right, back to. Sorry, I have to ironically top, and just... unironically seen so much Sonic porn you wouldn't believe it. It's just. But, uh, I feel like as a Sonic fan, that's an accidental thing that is going. To it's just happen gonna happen. Like going on the internet, mm-hmm. especially when Tumblr was a thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like so. Going back to that whole idea of you know franchise mentality, like trying to squeeze the most of what like your intellectual property for uh, you know profit. And it's like Warner Brothers has clearly tried multiple times now with, you know, DC Comics. Uh, I mean, they tried to fucking do it with Scoob. Uh, yeah, in an attempt to start, like, a shared Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe, which so makes like, me almost want to throw yeah, up through that they're, sentence. They're making more Harry Potter movies, you know. Uh, they're trying to, like, keep that cash cow alive. Uh, more like, Game of Thrones series oh, yeah, coming out. Too. So it's just like... It just feels like uh, Space Jam 2 is their sort of Hail Mary-like last ditch effort to just cash in on as much of their intellectual property as possible. Like, you know how shameless this movie is? It's so much of the movie, it's it almost is like a heist recruit sort of sh- bullshit. Sure. And so it's like, because the Looney Tunes characters have all broken up, so Bugs is like kind of explo- totally exploiting LeBron James and his inde- effort to save his son from the algorithm. Algorithm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. But yeah, it, so this whole like getting the team back together thing, they have to travel to literal different Warner Brothers worlds. They, like, fucking take footage of Mad Max Fury Road, but insert, like... Wiley Coyote and Road I've seen, Runner, I've seen, uh, the I've seen screenshots. Yep, the granny is, like, in the Matrix. Twice, uh, I heard. Yep. <laughs> um, they go. They recruit Daffy and Porky in, like, the Justice League animated series universe, which mm-hmm. is oddly separate from, like, the Wonder Woman Themyscira universe. Mm. They never actually explain why those are two separate universes, but, Weird. like, yeah, it's like you see the Harry Potter world, like, a fucking Game of Thrones world, and it's just, like, I feel like they're trying to pitch me on, like, a fucking Disney World-esque theme park here. <laughs> like, it's just so shameless what they're doing. Yeah, it's... But just during that recruitment scene, I felt like my head was going to explode with everything they were... And what's what's hilarious is days before, I was like... Because I knew what they, that they were going to be pulling this bullshit. I'm like, I guarantee you, Rick and Morty are going to appear in this. And then, like, the day it came out, I saw all these articles about, like, uh, that's, that cameo. And it's like, I fucking knew it. Mm-hmm. They, are, they could Shocking. not help themselves. Yep. Ugh. I do feel pretty, when I, after we finished the movie, I told, like, I, well, a day or so later, I found out that, of course, because, you know, when there's no more room in hell, you get more Space Jam movies, so, yeah, there's apparently a third one in the works. Oh, no. Of course! And I made the joke to Clay that, like, I get you, they get The Rock for this one, because if any franchise goes on long enough, The Rock inevitably uh, shows <laughs> up. The it, Rock is going to be angry franchise. I always feel like that should be a lesson in film class. Like, if a film franchise goes on long enough, it is inevitable The Rock will appear. Uh, but no, the uh, 
But a couple days later, I read that the uh, director really wants The Rock to star in <laughs> Space Jam 3. And it's just like, I don't know, between these coincidences, like, oh man, I think we might be smart enough, or that is to say dumb enough, to uh, produce Space Jam. <laughs> or write it. <laughs> yeah, or write it. That's a, that's a pitch. Space Jam 3 with The Rock. I don't want to live in that world. Yeah. I can't really say too much about Space Jam 2 other than it's what happens when, like, all the worst lessons are possible learned from fran this sort of new set of franchise mentality where everything's connected now. Also, LeBron James, this might shock you, is a terrible actor. <laughs> no. Yeah, what's funny, too. Say it ain't so. What's <laughs> funny, and, you know, it's all the more comical because he's li literally playing himself. Yeah. And, you know, give him credit. Uh, it's hilarious in the original Space Jam that Michael Jordan lives in this, like, very average, small suburban I know, office. right? <laughs> but, uh, Saying hey to his neighbors. Yeah. And... They cut the bullshit okay. in this one. LeBron James is living in a giant palace. Okay. His, fa his family is fake, <laughs> which is yeah, also weird. That is weird. But I guess not surprising, but even though it's like, well, shit, he's not an actor, so I don't see how it matters if his family... <laughs> I saw something on the internet where somebody was like, I wonder how LeBron's family feels, like being portrayed by actors like instead of actually being asked to be in the movie and somebody responded and was like imagine they feel pretty good because they're not in space jam too <laughs> it's like damn yeah it's like they got the better end of that deal. point made but camsey made this point while we were watching the movie that friend of the pod camsey <laughs> what like after the opening credits she pointed out that uh what isn't it odd that like your whole life? No, is that was my observation. Oh, was it you? Yeah, fuck you. Okay, I thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like friend of the pod, Clayton. <laughs> Sorry, I guess Gamsey just was telling me what you said. Yeah, the idea that he's just like passing my bits around town as other people's, you know, breaks Fucking my heart. unbelievable. Well, I just think you're not start... smart enough to come up with good bits. Yeah, so. I got to start like <laughs> co copywriting my jokes in real time. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just pointing out like they do the whole thing that the first Space Jam movie did, where it starts off with young. LeBron James. Mm. Though, you know, diversion here. Are you going to talk about the very, yeah, we're gonna like, talk about the Game Boy. Uh... We're talking about the fucking Game Boy. <laughs> so talking about the Game he's Boy. He's, like, running late to this to a basketball, basketball game he's uh, taking part in. And, like, when he gets to the bench, uh, his friend uh, comes up to him and is like, hey, look what I just got. And he sh it's a Game Boy Color. And he shows him his Game Boy, which is... Not like, a Game Boy yeah, Color. It's not a Game Boy Color. I mean, it's a oh colored Game God. Boy, but it's certainly not a... <laughs> yeah, he tells him that he just got this Game Boy and, like, lets uh, little LeBron play it. And he ends up somehow getting super distracted by a Looney Tunes game on it. And uh, the coach comes up and is like, LeBron, what are you doing? You're supposed to be playing. And he takes the Game Boy from him. Which, like, holy shit, how do you come to a, fo a football basketball game and immediately get distracted, like, from what you're supposed to do? I'd be like, yeah, cool, let's look at the Game Boy later. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, after the game, like, the coach comes up and tells him about how he needs to, like, you know, focus on what's important and cut out, like, the, the toys and games. So he gives LeBron the Game Boy back, and LeBron, like having this sort of new understanding and outlook, throws the Game Boy in the trash, and it's like... That wasn't his Game Boy. That wasn't his Game Boy! <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, from that moment on, I cannot find LeBron James to be a sympathetic character. That, that to say, <laughs> the, the amount of... I, I don't... I... I don't I want to talk about it. I haven't seen Space Jam. I can't talk about it. Also, but, but anyway, after I this... I just want to throw in there, that coach, played by fucking Avon Barksdale from The Wire. Yep. Huh. That's worth uh, noting. I assume I haven't seen The Wire, but I Great assume show. it's cool. But uh, after that, it then like pivots to the actual like opening credits, and it just plays over this like uh, montage of uh, 
LeBron James's career, like his whole career and highlights. Oh, because he threw out the Game Boy. Yeah, even some of the lowlights. But it, I, I pointed, I was like, isn't it weird? Wouldn't it be weird if, like, you had a summation of your life at the beginning of a Looney Tunes movie? <laughs> <laughs> Like oh, your, the movie of your life story is tied to a Looney Tunes movie. I'm still just bothered by the fact he calls it a Game Boy Color. Like, it still just bugs me so much. Right? Like, if you couldn't get one for the movie, they could have just changed the line. Like, again, like, it was just a yellow-colored Game Boy. Like, I guess that's kind of nice. Anywho. Yeah, it, it really is just <clears throat> corporate synergy, the movie. Honestly, one of my complaints would just be, like... If they really wanted to commit to this whole corporate synergy, like, cross-promotional bullshit, they should have actually committed to it, and, like, instead of, like, you know, uh... Oh, sorry, Stuss. Instead of just doing it like the last movie where it's... The it has to be the Looney Tunes playing the game. It's yeah. like, if you're going to all these different worlds, then, like, recruit these characters from all these different franchises. Like, fucking recruit Batman for your fucking basketball team. Yeah. Recruit fucking uh, Dumbledore for your basketball team. Or the like, mask. Uh, yeah, or the mask. Like, instead of just teasing that you have all these characters, just, like, at least just, you know, fucking do something with Get it. All other than just, like, these very unsubtle winks and nods and nudges to the audience. Or at very least, if you're going to have... The other option, if you're not going to put all those characters on one team, right... You have it be like, ah, oh, for this Space Jam, it's like a single elimination bracket March Madness tournament deal. <laughs> and all the teams are your Warner Brothers guys. You can have the Looney Tunes play the Clockwork Orange gang in basketball. <laughs> you can Which... see you can fit in more games with more characters and have it slowly working towards the big bad and the finale and whatever. I've but... seen the uh, criticism of like, so they cut out Pepe Le Pew from the movie. But they keep the clockwork orange Exactly. Game. <laughs> Not to mention, I was a little surprised that Speedy Gonzalez was uh, still in it. Because, uh, I don't know, I feel like that's a character that kind of in the poorly aged stereotype category. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So don't watch Space Jam. I will. One little thing I want to bring up real quickly is, and I, I feel kind of dumb for bringing this up because the movie doesn't need to exist ever. Like, there were no, really no sequel ever needs to exist. But, uh... Except Insidious 2, because it finished telling the story in the first one. <laughs> whatever but, stupid reason. But, uh... <laughs> I guess I need to watch Insidious 2. I've been on a cliffhanger for a couple of years now. <laughs> but, uh... It does actually fix a lot of issues with the first one. Hmm. But, uh... It, uh... But, no... Like, the first movie's pretty fucking ridiculous to justify why the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan are I mean, teaming up to a, with... It was all based on, like, a shoe commercial. Yeah, a fucking Nike commercials, because some idiot in the room was like, why not make a movie off of this, huh? But, uh... No, but, like, as stupid as the first movie is, like, it's fun kind of watching the Looney Tunes do their kind of specific shtick out on the basketball court. But in this movie, like, I don't know... It doesn't really seem to justify having the Looney Tunes. Like, it's just animated characters on a court. Like, the right. shtick isn't really done. It's just the, you know, hey, here are the Looney Tunes. They're playing basketball again. Isn't well, that fun? Like the whole setup, Do you love it? <laughs> right. And the whole, the whole resolution, like, the way they win the game, it's exactly the same way they won the game in the first one. It's just like, hey, let's just do our wacky Looney Tunes bullshit. We'll win through cartoon antics. Yeah. Also, while we're just talking about Space Jam, and, and this is... A little off, but I just find it so funny, though, in the opening of the first ever Space Jam movie, 
where it's like young Michael Jordan and everything, and his dad, you know, wants to do what he, you know, he tells his dad what he wants to do, and he just gives that very specific outline of how he, act, that he actually follows, like playing professional basketball, uh, and then eventually going to play professional baseball, and I thought, wait, he actually, you hold plan on. like a midlife career change? Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> I mean, know. Like if, uh, I was really hoping it turned, there was going to be a scene in the beginning of Space Jam 2 where little LeBron tells his parent that, like, he really, you know, his dream is to play for uh, Cleveland and then, you know, break his fans' hearts by uh, playing for Miami, but then in a celebratory return going back to Cleveland only to just go to uh, play for L.A. a few years later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 I got nothing to say. I'm not going to watch it. I'm glad somebody watched it and was able to talk about it here in this space, but... uh... I'm sorry it was us. (laughs) <laughs> um, well, I watched some really good 2021 movies. In All fact, right. some of the best 2021 movies I've seen. Uh, starting with um, Zola. Ah, oh, I still need to see that. Yeah, that's kind of on the top of our list. It's we uh, are kind of forced to pay for an AMC subscription. Yeah, so, uh... I um, I don't want to overhype it because I went in with like very like eh whatever. I'm just gonna watch this because I want to see things in theaters again mm-hmm. uh, sort of mentality and use my AMC pass to make it uh, financially worthwhile for the month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... Anyway, Zola's my favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, oh, finally, cool. something has overtaken the fucking Snyder Cut, so I'm thankful that good movies uh, are happening gross. now. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I like it fine, but whatever. Anyway, uh, Zola is... It's just really good. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's, um... It feels like a continuation of the, and these movies aren't necessarily related, um, but like, it feels like a, a Spring Breakers or a Florida Project or um, the movie American Honey. I guess all three of those are A24 movies, so it feels like it's more of A24's <laughs> chaotic summary uh-huh. vibe kind of uh, kind of bag, but... Um, it's really great. All great performances. I love Riley Keough. She's just great in like everything that yeah. she's in, and she's uh, again exceptional in this. Uh, the lead who plays Zola, Taylor Page. I've never seen her in anything, but she gives a really great performance. You just really feel for that character. And then fucking Coleman Domingo. Oh my oh, god! So <laughs> diametrically opposed to everything else I've seen him in, especially with Euphoria, fresh in the brain. Just like a chaotic, like awful, disgusting man who's very intimidating and scary. He's like it's it's just so great to see a totally believable performance of like the opposite of what I tend to associate him with in my yeah. head. So they should get that guy he, to do audiobooks. I just love yeah. this. Yeah, me too, voice. man. Me Every too. time he gets angry at somebody in the movie, he his accent just like shifts to Jamaican. So he's just, <laughs> just a lot of Coleman Domingo yelling in an angry Jamaican accent and it's it's wonderful. So anyway, I gave Zola four out of five stars. Noe Bob says, check it out. That's the Joe Bob Briggs bit. He gives a little score to a movie before he shows it and says, Joe Bob says, check it out. <laughs> My grandma calls me Noe Bob, so you're in on the joke now. Um, I don't know why I said that on the podcast. It's a very specific thing that nobody would laugh at except for me. So, all right. Um, and then... If you keep saying it, you got a running <laughs> to say, I'm just going to make it a thing. Um, so, Sunday, 
Bucky and I went to an AMC and we did two movies back to back. And we had so much money in rewards that we just like ate theater food all day and just like spent the day down there. It was great. Um, so after we watched Zola, we immediately watched uh, Pig with Nicolas oh, Cage. Oh man, I also wanted to see that. Really good. Nice. Nicolas Cage is very good in it. It's uh. Like I remember months ago when I read the about the premise. It's like oh, sounds like you know batshit mm-hmm. crazy Nicolas Cage movie. But then I saw like the great reviews for like oh fuck. It's like um. It's like the anti-Mandy. Like, there's so many, so much, like, plot similarity just as far as, like, something being taken from him mm-hmm. and him going on a, air quotes, revenge mission mm-hmm. to single track, get it back, or avenge it. You know, whatever. It's, uh, it's, it's very much that, but it's almost like, it's just the hard, stark opposite of, like, what Mandy is. Not that Mandy's bad. Like, I think Mandy's a great movie in its own way. It goes totally the other right. direction with big, crazy colors and extreme well, violence and darkness. Like, and From my understanding, it's like, Pig is very, like, uh, like conversational, right? It's very, like, quiet and soulful and philosophical right. and, like... Whereas and, it's like, I feel like the worst parts of Mandy is when it's, like, very tries and fails yes. to do just that. Yes, 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 yes. You know... Yeah, I was talking to a friend of the pod, uh, I believe it was Addy, mm-hmm. in defense of, or it might have been Adam, actually, I can't remember, but uh, they were defending the dialogue in Mandy, just kind of referring to it as almost stylistic, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like that's just a uh, easy excuse for uh, terrible script writing. Yeah, pretentious script writing, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pig is just really excellent, I don't want to say much about it because it's best to just not i i didn't i didn't even see the trailer i just like read about it and then saw it got good reviews and was like fuck it let's just let's just go let's do it let's see we, we got to get two movies in today anyway right. so let's do it and yeah those are the two movies that are on my list that to say see, and i everything I, else on amc looks uh, kind of shitty if bucky hadn't just really wanted to go see something that day uh-huh. if we had and we didn't we didn't plan in advance we woke up that sunday morning and said do you want to just go spend all day at the theater it was like it was great so uh, just a wonderful day, but if she hadn't, if we hadn't concocted that plan together, I never would have, I would not have seen those two in theaters. I would have watched them on Redbox, like, months down the line, and I am so fucking thankful that I went and saw them, because just two excellent movies, especially just back-to-back like that, so, um, highly recommend both Zola and Pig. Yeah, we'll probably see those, at least one of them in the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Just haven't had a lot of time at night. Yeah, this week in particular has been busy. Yeah. I'm getting on a flight to Texas tomorrow night, this time tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I'll be see the fam? Landing in Dallas, seeing the fam for the first time since they moved, so. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's my last day of work for a while. Nice. Nice. When are you getting that. back? Uh, next Thursday. Nice. Oh, well, I'll, I'll be no, I'll be in Texas until Sunday, and then I'll be back. But I took off the first half of next week for my birthday, so I'm just I don't go back to work till next Thursday. So yeah, like, nice. Solid. Yeah, yeah. Get gearing up for that. All right. So what else do we got? I know you guys watched a couple other 2021 movies. Shall I heard we, uh, I heard a Luca, and I heard a something else. Well, before we go into that, uh, do you want to discuss Fear Street? Oh, I forgot about Fear Street. Um, yeah, so I have only seen the first one. I am still interested in finishing the trilogy. Um, I just, I'm probably just gonna back to back the next two. Yeah, that's uh, what I did. Like, like uh, one night, just play them and let it I go. I had but. well, 
I saw that you all I get I saw on Letterboxd you gave the movie two stars, which is what yes. I also gave the movie mm-hmm. two stars because yeah. to be honest, anything above that I thought would be way too generous for it. I really dig well, I like the idea of it. I like yes. Netflix giving money to like a trilogy of modern slashers. I like that there's I like, like that a sort self- of like release like campaign sort of idea. Me like, too. Yeah, it was I think that's fun. If you know, maybe they could use that for a better idea. Yeah, but that first movie is just like so much crammed into it. It's absolutely chaotic yep. and it's way longer than it needs to be. But I do think that the actors are all pretty good. I think it's oh, yeah. like I I like like I said I like the the roadmap concept of the whole thing. I think the movie looked nice. It sounded nice. There were some cool uh, spooky killers and and uh, you know horror movie tropes done in a fun and interesting way. Um, and then, of course, the thing that got me in the door, because I saw marketing for it and went, eh, I don't know, but then I just started hearing all this buzz on, like, Reddit and stuff, like, there's a kill in this movie that you have to see, so I, I like, once that burrows into my head, I end up watching things like a bone tomahawk or whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I watched Fear Street on, on that, uh, promise alone, and I was not disappointed by the kill from the first, first Fear Street, so... I think uh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. And it was pretty gruesome, but I also thought it was pretty lame that it was one of the few ones in the movie. Yeah, and it but happened it like the last like It's like the last bit. couple of minutes there. And it's then the next to the, the end. And then the next of one of the few only kills happens and it's like, oh good. Thanks yep. for reminding me there are stakes movies and yeah. almost <laughs> the sort of afterthought sort of way. Yeah. You know, I appreciate what they wanted to do. But to me, it almost seemed like a love letter to slashers from people who were just kind of a... And I'm, you know, and I gotta, you know, just... I'll just say right now, Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely worth to keep watching. They do actually get better with each one. Yeah. But um, for the first one, I don't know. I just... With the... I can't help but liken it to Scream just because... Like Scream, it was very much like done from a place of love for the subgenre right. of horror. But like what Scream was able to do, it was able to tell a new and original story while at the same time like flirting with the tropes we've seen a hundred times. Yeah. As they uh, cleverly deconstructed it in a satirical way that still didn't strip away the actual suspense you're supposed to feel in a slasher. This movie. I don't know. To me, it just felt like a love letter to slashers without actually doing the work of bringing anything new to the table yeah, in conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was pretty clever in the way it paid homage to the slashers by casting some actors who were related to, like, actors of slashers of old. Right. And that's great, but, like, it's not it's not reinventing the well of slashers, and it doesn't need to, but it's not really, like, reimagining thing mm-hmm. in, any differently. The only subversion is, oh, I thought Sam was the guy, but it was the girl. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. a lesbian love story. Mm-hmm. Oh, didn't see that coming. Like, yeah, that's... I like the subversion of that, and it kind of, I don't know, kind of plays on the whole idea of just how women are so often just, like, yeah. the victims of slashers, and kind of, I feel like, gives women, you know, kind of the whole idea of, like, women taking back some of the agency instead of just being, yeah. uh kill fodder for slashers Mm -hmm. or punishing them for, you know, being sexual. Mm -hmm. But, 
I don't know. I was just kind of yep. bored mostly by it, and I agree the acting was good, but I hated all the characters. Yeah, but it's like, ever, oh, like, oh yeah, that was that was a thing too. Early in the movie, I was like, these are not good people. No. Like they the fucking th- on the road throwing shit at each other from bus to car, and like everybody's just awful to each other. And I'm like, man, fuck these guys. I fucking hated most of all the comic relief who was obsessed with his grocery store job. Like just uh, literally yeah, just weird character traits. Like it's just. <laughs> Everything he said just sounded like such a buffoonish clown. Like, he knew yeah. he was the comic relief and played it to the full cartoonish uh, ability. I, I like what you said earlier, just, to, you know, paying homage to slashers, but not, like, doing the work of contributing anything new. Because, like, there are... I can think of several off the top of my head, like, very... Movies that do that, that are yeah. that are just, like, loving, you know, homages to, to slashers while being, like, decent and new uh, additions to the genre in and of themselves. But, uh, yeah, the first Fear Street movie, net product, not doing it for me. I can say lots of nice things about some of the elements at play, but the movie just kind of sucks. Um, like, for example, Cabin in the Woods, which isn't tackling just slashers. It's more just yeah, horror films in general. But I would count that, too. But that's that's it, terrific. It does such a good job of deconstructing the tropes of horror films and adding almost this sort of bureaucratic layer to the process yeah. of it all. But at the end of the day, like, uh, it's still, like, it pokes fun at not necessarily of how these films are, con- like, constructed or, like, how they go from scene to scene. More of, like, the decision-making involved, right. like, from the characters themselves. Where in Fear Street, I find myself just questioning the writers more often than not. Like, <laughs> why was this next scene the most logical choice for you? There are like, some weird transitions no, in that movie. Really... It just jumps. I'm like, oh, I guess we're here and doing this now. Okay. Like, to me, the whole setup of her one friend babysitting, like, across the street, only for them to, like, ditch the kids they're babysitting to go off on this adventure. It's like, it just sounded like yeah. you guys added this extra unnecessary step for no fucking reason at yes. all for this movie. And that's the other thing, too. You see something like that, and you go, so th- this had to be a hundred, you know, had to be an hour and 45 minutes. Why? Like, this, this could have, you could have done this in 80. You could have done this in 80, but... I don't know. Like, I felt like if they should have... What I like about the... I, I gotta say, the second one, much better. I, yeah. I, I gave that three stars uh, on Letterboxd. I'd probably give it like a C or something. Like, yeah. uh, I, It's a lot more focused, which I think works That's for good. its benefit. It focuses on a singular killer. It focus, and it continues on the overall arching story and yeah. uh, builds on the mystery very well. And you got the one red-headed girl from... Uh, Stranger Things is one of the leads in it. And she does a really good job. Oh, she actually the Mad Max girl. Yeah, yeah. She actually uh, carries uh, her scenes very well. Like nice. She's a very strong lead. Uh, Gillian, uh, Gillian Jacobs is also in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's great. Yeah, that's a huge draw for me. Also, like, it's it's the one... Because there's all the different killers and different times, and they're all themselves sort of references to other, like... Uh, and this is very heavy on Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, uh, Sleepaway Camp or Friday the 13th. the year yeah. of Halloween's release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that killer with the bag over his head and the axe is literally just Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th the part two. Jason. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Original, original baghead boy. Um, and it's actually, I'm not going to lie. Like though it's pretty gruesome. Just sort of yeah. like the fact that it's like little kids in a sleepaway. Mm-hmm. I feel like make the stakes so much more harsher. Yeah. And, uh, 
you could accuse it of maybe being more cynical than the first one and that because of that. I could use a little bit more cynicism. Yeah, honestly, honestly that seems like an element that would make the, the, the experience a little better. Because 1994 honestly felt like an episode of Goosebumps that was trying so hard to be more mature than it yes. was allowed to be. Yeah. And then they and they they used it all up on 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 the one the one kill at the end there, but um, but yeah no I really enjoy and the like the second one really love the setup of it the pacing is done a lot better like yeah. I don't find myself like scratching my head like why we why why this is the next scene right. from the last uh, I do find the characters to be a little insufferable just sort of. How ridiculously horny they are for mm. sex and drugs and rock and roll, which the last two just only make them hornier for sex. But like, uh, like I get it, you know, it's supposed to be an homage and pope riffing on yeah. just like, but it almost just becomes just like parodic of itself after yeah. a while. Like, yes, we get it. They're teenagers. They're fucking horny. We get it. We get it. Gotcha. Um, and the third one, definitely the best. Gotcha. If Mostly just for the two acts. Has some major third act problems because it also wants to be a sequel to the first one. Oh, and yeah. it does it it's kinda cool and it does a good job of thematically tying up everything. But that third act's really rough to get mm. through though. Well, I think I'm gonna download both of those on Netflix and watch them on my flight and over the weekend while I'm traveling or staying up later than my parents and siblings. So I don't want to go too deeper into the third one because I actually really like some of the things they sure. do as far as like with the cast and everything. Cool, so, I'm excited. Uh, I'll, I'll keep that there. one. I'll keep that one in the dark. But I will say, just for the first two acts alone, I would say it's the uh, best of the three. Fantastic. All right. So we've talked about Fear Street. What else is going on? Honestly, I think uh, it might be a good stopping point for me because I'm I'm starting to feel a little tired. Yeah, it's pretty late. We got more stuff and we'll talk about more stuff for you next time. Most of the stuff we had left to talk about are kind of older releases anyways. I think we'll just like some of the more topical stuff. So you know what? We'll just do a real quick review of those two. Luca? Fantastic. Recommend it. In fact... Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, in fact, I've been kind of meh on Pixar films sure. uh, for the last 10 years, but Soul and Luca have gotten me excited for newer Pixar releases again. Like, I Very am, cool. I also, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the, the one that they just dropped the teaser for about the red paint. Turning red? Yeah. Uh, I think what it is for me is just like they're starting to look stylistically different, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like, like they're, for so long, they were sort of like a house style to Pixar movies. But now I feel like I'm seeing more of like as they're you, as they're actually branching out in terms of like who their directors are. It's like you're seeing more of like specific influences in the designs. Right. So highly recommend Luca. Very beautiful movie with a little bit of uh, queerness in it. Like, oh, uh, very nice. It's very Disney, nice. so they kind of keep it yeah. like vague enough that like yeah. you can totally be like, no, there's no gayness in it. But possible like, deniability. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's. But it's definitely there, and it's really sweet. Yep, it's very sweet, especially if you look at it with the uh, the gay lens. And it gotcha. made me tear up in the end. Hmm. Like, I almost ugly cried. Very nice. And uh, In the Heights. Good movie. Great musical moments. But yet again, it's what happens when Hollywood wants to talk about social issues without getting into the socioeconomics <laughs> that actually perpetuate these issues. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's one of those movies where, like, the best things I can say... The, 
most credit I can give is really just the fact that it's based off of, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda's musical, which is very well written, because he's a very clever lyricist. Yeah. Man, but he's like, so fucking talented. Yeah, like, uh, so lyrically, the music is really good, but... And the talent in the movie is fantastic. They carry, they sing the songs well, like, uh, yeah. as if it were written for them. But, uh, yeah, it's just, the movie goes on for way too long. It's, mm. it's like, nearly two hours and does not need to be. What's funny, though, is despite its incredibly long runtime, they still apparently stripped out some stuff that probably would have helped uh, the movie structurally a little like, more. The movie wants to, uh... It takes all, so, some of the liberties it takes with the source material is trying to interject more topical references, like uh, the one kid in it talks about like he's going to a, like a rally in support of like uh, the Dreamers. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, what else? They talk about like the hurricane in Puerto Rico, but like, you know, it's like they want to talk about more topical struggles, but it just feels like they're sort of just co-opting those problem, those issues for like window dressing. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. don't really want to engage with those issues beyond just, you know, yep, those problems exist. Yeah. It sucks. It's sort of, I don't know, it's sort of the way that, like, mainstream media typically wants to talk about, like, Black Lives Matter protests and everything. Like, they don't actually want to talk about, like, what the protests, like, actually want and, like, they the want you to buy Pepsi. change. They just typically want to talk about gatherings or if, like, any vi- if like, there's any, like, uh, pro- like, protests have led to, like, violence or any looting or something like that from third parties outside the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's just, like, it doesn't actually want to, it doesn't want to address, like, the issues, but at least show that there's outrage among, uh, yeah. regarding the issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The movie kind of, like, sells some of its characters short in favor of, like, like one of the storylines, like, regarding, like, uh, what, one of the central relationships of the musical kind of just gets transposed to the main character and his love interest, which just kind of makes it feel a little uneven because uh, of, like, the other conflicting storylines. I'm also just annoyed because, I don't know, maybe this is shitty of me, but I, I don't know, I just find myself so annoyed that the main love interest she looks like a fucking Kardashian. Mm. And it's like, you can't help but feel like that. And that's like, she, she's not a very well-developed character. So you just can't help but feel like that's the only reason the main character is just so attractive <laughs> to her is because she looks like a goddamn Kardashian. And it just kind of also makes me feel like she wasn't really casted for her talent, but for yeah. her looks. Mm. I don't know. It just feels so shallow of Hollywood when they do shit like that. Yeah. I probably will never watch that movie. I'll That's probably right. smile and tell people would, that it sounds nice and I'll check it out at some point, I but will, I'll probably never I sit try down and watch it. Maybe just listening to the musical if you're, you know, cool yeah. with musicals, but... Because, you know, the music in it, mm, chef's kiss. Yeah. I've also not seen or listened to Hamilton, and that's another really? one that people love and that I think I'm just going to smile for the rest of my life <laughs> and not, I'd never watch. I've never watched Hamilton, but I've listened to the uh, entirety of its uh, yeah. soundtrack a couple times. I'm familiar with it vaguely and some of the songs just via the inescapable cultural osmosis because it got that big, but I don't have anything like particularly against it. I've just decided I'm never going to form an opinion <laughs> and I'm not interested to watch it. So, Well, you We're, can't escape uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda music. It's going, I feel like he's going to become like a, uh, 
average, like one of those guys who composes music for every other Disney movie now. I'm saying my only experience with him in any real sense is just the Moana soundtrack, which is really, really, good. really fucking good soundtrack. It's good. So. <laughs> it just doesn't really make sense that they get someone from like the Caribbean, like whose heritage is like Caribbean, to do the music for a movie that's like based more in Polynesian culture. Yes. Like wrong ocean, fellas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but why did they get a British guy to do the uh, score for Lion King? Like. Uh, yeah, mm. or Phil Collins for Tarzan. Yeah. yeah. That never makes sense. Or fucking, was it Donny Osmond for uh, Mulan? Mm. Or Ludwig Goransson for Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> makes you think. That's all I've got. The Ludwig Goransson thing was my was my closer. I had that written on a little <laughs> sticky note here. I've been waiting to say that. The context worked out perfectly. <laughs> well... Dwell on that for, uh, until next time, uh, fellas. Until next time. Bye. Love you. Thanks for listening.